Welcome to episode 12 of the Japan Games Cast. On this week's show, we recap on Nintendo's E3 Direct, Nino Kuni gets criticized over its privacy policy, and the N64 turns 25. All this and more coming up. So what a week, Ryan. What a what an exciting week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of news. <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, I mean, we kind of said this last week that we didn't have much news stories for the last episode, right? Um, but it's because, it, you know, it was all coming up to E3 and there was loads of stuff going to be happening. So, um, yeah, we can finally, finally talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what you thought about all these new games. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll get that into that, uh, into that in uh, just a second. But as always, uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I actually just finished uh, Advance Wars 2 uh, oh, yeah. on my phone. Uh, just like the day before uh, they announced the Advance Wars uh, reboot camp. The oh, remake. nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's I've been playing it for a while. You know, it's it's kind of a long game. Mm. Um, the, the Japanese version has uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2, like, bundled on the same cartridge. Oh, I see, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, so I've been playing that one, you know, Game Boy Advance cart for, like, must be like a hundred hours, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's my uh it's like my play on the way to work game, you know, my commuting yeah. uh, commuting game. But nice. Actually, you might enjoy this. I was uh, in like researching for the show and uh, I found I found this website. It seems to be like the original like Japanese website for Oh wow. <laughs> for Advanced Wars, yeah. Um, oh, this looks so cool, man. It's kind of janky. But yeah, if you click on uh you click on this thing here it's got like uh some of the little breakdown of like the moves and you know the this the general overview of the game it's quite short um but you've got like game shulkai like game introduction a mode introduction takes you yeah, through wow. the, uh, parts of the game this pretty looks cool. cool it looks like a pretty decent little website actually yeah i mean um, for like i don't know what year was this like 2000 or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for like a for such an old game yeah, but uh, yeah, it introduces you to like the uh, the armies, different armies, and the different units that you get in the game and stars. I don't know. Actually, I can't click on that. Um, but then yeah, if I go back to that page, you can go on number two as well. And uh, oh wow, yeah, check out these, which is pretty <clears throat> cool. So it's the same kind of thing for both games. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You might find something useful in there if uh, <laughs> you've been using it to study some Japanese as well. It's kind of cool, uh, yeah, right? yeah. I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fun. So yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk about um the the sequel, or I guess the remakes in a minute, right? Um but yeah, I didn't actually do much gaming this week. I got a bit busy. Well I spent most of my gaming time watching videos of games. So it wasn't like completely wasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you know, too yeah. too much hype. But um actually this week I started reading the the Zelda manga, the Ocarina of Time manga. Oh really? Which um I've wanted to check out for a long time. I kind of forgot that it existed though. I just, I was like studying some Japanese and I was thinking of a new manga to read. And then for some reason it just popped into my head that I once saw, um, there was a, a Metroid manga, but I couldn't find it like anywhere on like the app store. Cause I was trying to, I was trying to read it on my iPad. So I, I went onto the, uh, the Apple store. But anyway, I couldn't find it. And then it turns out it's really rare, like in print as well, like this Metroid manga. Um, oh, wow. But then that reminded me that I, I did once buy um, Zelda manga. 
<laughs> in Japanese. I bought it in Japan a, lot, a few years ago. Um, but I, that's still at home. It's, it's uh, in some storage at home. So I just downloaded it again on the iPad. Um, but yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, I got well, a couple of chapters in. But the Ocarina of Time one, it's just like the, the it's like two halves. So it's actually quite short. And it's the whole story of the game in one or sorry, two, two volumes, should I say. Oh, um, wow. Do, do you have any photos of it online or anything like that? Uh, yeah. So this is it here. So um, this is the kind of the cover of the oh, wow. title that's gone the to. Art, the art style looks a little bit different than like what you see used like now to represent mm. Ocarina of Time, right? It's a little bit different, but I mean, if you look at the Ocarina of Time artwork, it wasn't that far off like your typical like manga style. If you know what I mean, like the, the, especially the, the characters' eyes, they have a, like very manga kind of style eyes. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. Um, but the face is a little bit different. It's not the uh, same artist that you know did the uh, art art design for the game. But yeah, it was a good way to like kind of do something other than gaming, but you know, keep it gaming still <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've got a few game-based uh, mangas here as well that I sometimes go through. Actually, I've got it right here. The uh, Persona 4 mangas. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I've been nice. going through those. So Yeah. I think uh, those would probably be quite good, right? Because Persona's like very story-based, right? It's a lot of text in the game. So Yeah, it kind of feels like you're just playing the game because mm. the game is a lot of reading. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. And it's very visual. Right? The game almost looks like an animated manga. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not not does, an anime, uh, like a manga that is moving. I think it looks more like, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, I I finished the first half of Famicom Detective Club, and uh, that's mm -hmm. also kind of along the same lines, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's cool, man. Nice. Well, um, yeah, that that's uh, yeah, what we've been playing this week, right? But um, why don't we just back backpedal a little bit? Um, because uh, you've been playing um, Advance Wars one and two, and obviously we had uh, Advance Wars. A reboot, reboot camp <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Re reboot camp. Um, but yeah, it was announced this week that uh, it won't be coming to Japan, right? Or like it wasn't announced for Japan, which means that everyone realizes like it's not coming out in Japan. Which is yeah, kind of <laughs> I, I was really surprised by this. Um, but actually, there's kind of some history um, that would explain why. Oh, okay. Um, so. Uh, I, I believe this game came out uh, in the U.S. originally. I think it was like September 9th, 2001 mm. or September 10th, 2001. I, actually, I'm not sure of the date exactly, but it's it was like a few days before 9-11. Uh, oh, um, I heard about this. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, um, so like, you know, with 9-11, like, uh, like people weren't, uh, they were a lot more sensitive about like the going to war and stuff because you know after that shortly after that mm. the iraq war and stuff started mm. um so uh it was supposed to be released in japan a few months after the u.s released i think mm. but um since it was such a sensitive time in the world uh they decided not to release it in japan um oh okay so that actually was the, that was the whole decision that was like that's what caused the whole kind of yeah i i think I believe so. It's been a while since uh, I, I read about it, but um, so they actually continued and developed uh, Advance Wars Two, um, and I think around two thousand four, when that was going to release in the West, at uh, at that time they released one and two as a bundle pack uh, in Japan. 
Ah, so, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, yeah. I think Japan had to wait an extra three years to get it. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's, so, uh, yeah. So there's kind of some weird history, of, uh, you know, with this game and, and uh, the Japanese release. Mm. But um, it is sad to see that it's not uh, releasing in Japan because, um, like, the original game had, like, really cool, um, like, anime, manga style, like, mm. artwork. And the characters are very, you know, uh, they're very, like, anime influenced and, in, like, the way they speak and stuff. Like, the conversations mm. are very silly, you know. It's not, like, a, a serious game. Or at least yeah, the, yeah. The, the story isn't, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this remake, so w what do you think about it? Oh, I think it looks great. Um, I mean, I pretty much share your sentiment on the original game. It's just a fantastic game. You know, it's good because, like, the, the missions are quite short, so you can just dip in and out, right? It's a perfect, like, mobile game. You can just do, like, a couple of missions on the train. The style's great. The tactics are great. You know, the story, even though it's a bit simple, it's still pretty fun, you know? And the characters mm -hmm. are, like, enjoyable. Um, so, overall, yeah, um, I think it looks great. Um, but what I thought was most interesting um, with regard just to this remake is it's being developed by a way forward who made uh, Shantae. You know, like the pirate kind of pirate princess kind of. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. play that, but um, so did you play Shante? I did, I played one of them. Uh, I forgot which one it was. It was in, like early in the Switch, like near the Switch launch days. Um, I think it was like Seven Shante and the Seven Deadly Sins, maybe. But I think there's a couple uh, of games in that series. So I'm not sure which one it was, but it was really good. It was like uh, kind of kind of cute, kind of like cartoony kind of platforming game. Um, but some interesting mechanics and like the characters were cool. Like I like the characters quite fun and they've got that kind of like goofy, like charm, like Shantae has that kind of same goofy charm. I think that Advance Wars has. So I feel like the developer would already have like a good sense of like how to kind of do those characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, I've noticed the, the art style, cause you mentioned like the kind of the anime style, right? From the first games. But they've kind of redrawn the characters in like the Shante style, which actually I think works quite well. But now it looks a lot more American. It's harder to tell that it's a, a Japanese game. Yeah, yeah, I think it it lost some of the uh, Japanese-ness. Mm. Uh, and also the, you know, moving from pixels to these uh, like mm. 3, 3D models. Mm. Uh, so it kind of looks like they're almost like toys, like little plastic soldiers or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> or like like pieces on on a board game or something. Mm. Uh, so I'm kind of mixed about the art style because I I think I preferred the yeah. pixels, but you know like uh, you know it's not bad or <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think they've ruined it. I mean, the thing with the the originals is like they always exist, don't they? If the original, if you want to play the original, then just play the original. Yeah. So I think it's cool to try, try some new stuff. I don't think they pushed it too far and it doesn't look great, you know? So it's it just kind of sits in the middle. Um, but I like these animations, like in the 2D sections, you know? Uh, yeah. Nice. But, but yeah, but maybe the 3D models look a, bit, a little bit janky. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, it's just going to take some time to grow on me, you know? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to buy it, you know? I've, I've got this on my list. You know, I absolutely will. Yeah, I'll buy this for sure. Yeah, this looks great. But it's kind of actually funny because we were watching the Japanese stream on live, right? So we actually missed yeah. this originally because <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't in that stream. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we didn't see this one. Um, wow. But I caught the news. Yeah, because we finished that stream like two a.m. 
so obviously we went went to bed straight away. So I'm sure you're the same, right? You woke up and then saw it the next day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. It was kind of nice though, because it's like you think all the excitement's over, and then you get like another drop. You're like, oh, like a bonus game. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So pretty happy that to see fun, that. Yeah. Cool. So what? Let's talk about some other stuff that we saw in the uh, in the direct. Yeah. So a uh, major hype alert for our next game, uh, which is Breath of the Wild Two. So. Uh, not a new announcement, but the only thing we've seen of it was 2019 E3. Um, very short teaser trailer, right? Link and Zelda going down into that cavern with the torches. And then there's like some kind of like withered, dried, like mummification of like Ganon, we assume. And he kind of wakes up. Um, but now we saw some gameplay, like some actual like out in the world. And this bit was awesome, right? It just opens. Yeah, <laughs> this blew my mind. Yeah. I, uh, I was <laughs> immediately thinking of Skyward Sword. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think that they did that on purpose, right? Because they, they just talked about Skyward Sword before this um, trailer. And uh, Aonuma-san was like, oh, yeah, and one more thing, you know, like as they always do, right? Like one last thing at the end. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, are they trying, trying to tie it into uh, Skyward Sword, some kind of reference or just like it's just like a little reference for the for the presentation. Well, it seems like but, a yeah. lot of the game is taking place in the sky above Hyrule right yeah yeah judging from this trailer so i guess like that makes sense that skyward sword would be you know um it's influenced from skyward sword so like with mm. the way he's falling um you know who knows maybe they'll have some birds you know like the loft wings mm. uh that would be cool but yeah, uh, yeah i don't think we saw that in the trailer um, no, it wasn't too much. I, I will, we'll replay the trailer again in a second, just try and pick out some details. But one thing I just want to say is like, how fucking good does this game look like visually? Like how, how yeah. is this running on a Switch? Like we were like complaining last week about like Age of Calamity, right? Another Zelda game, Musou mm. game runs at like 20 FPS, just like maybe not that bad, but it's not smooth, right? And even the graphics aren't like on par with the original Breath of the Wild, I don't think. But this yeah. looks just amazing, man. Yeah, so yeah, fully, it looks, fully looks so good. I, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very much ready for it. And I see like the the overworld looks pretty unchanged to me. Yeah, like, just, so just judging from the, yeah, from this shot, like you've still got the walls around Hyrule there, and mm -hmm. um, of course, I haven't gone deep into it, you know. But I, from what I can tell, that looks pretty much the same layout from breath of the wild right it looks very similar right? and yeah you can see a lot down in the corner it's a bit hard to see the one there's a skull kind of like caves you know we always get like a little battle challenge and you get like a, yeah. a chest and then i don't know some towers over here and I, so, I mean it's been a while since i played the game so i don't i don't know this spot off the top of my head but like it's i'm wondering is the full overworld gonna be playable again like you know or i'm just confused as to how they're going to uh like mm. how they're going to reuse it while keeping it fresh, you know? Yeah, I mean, my whenever the, when they first announced that it was a sequel to Breath of the Wild, my initial thought was like, it makes sense because this is probably one of the longest, although uh, there's the Zelda game that spent the most time in development uh, from mm. the whole series, right? So like a financial cost to Nintendo it would have cost them the most of any Zelda, right? So even though it's sold like fucking millions of copies and it's definitely recouped that already you know nintendo's all about that profit right so they probably want to get <laughs> yeah. they want to get more out of it but also i think it's not just because of the money but i think it's probably the most well-received zelda ever as well 
mm-hmm. not in terms of like score because I think like the Metacritic for Ocarina of Time is still higher but this has like blown the series into like very like popular territory right like kind of well known um, by by lots of different types of gamers where I think even like Ocarina of Time is a little bit more niche so I think they just want to like without changing the success of that game they want to make a sequel using the assets they've already made save some time but yeah yeah, I'm, it's hard to say. Yeah. I'm hoping this is like a sister game to uh, Majora's Mask, you mm-hmm. know, where where it's like kind of weird and like has more experimental stuff in there. Um, mm. I I doubt it's going to be nearly as experimental as Majora's Mask was. That was uh, just trippy, man. I fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. But um, yeah, I, I imagine it's going to be a little more straightforward than that. Probably, um, yeah. Um I mean, it's hard to, one thought I had, like a completely random thought, and it has no basis. But what I thought was like, imagine like when this, uh, this like Ganon, like dead Ganon gets like reawoken and then the castle like launches up into the air. Maybe like it fucks up all the physics in the world. Because, you know, like the physics engine in that game was really cool, right? The original Breath of the Wild. You mm-hmm. know, you could you could throw like a sword at an enemy and then like you could electrocute the sword and it would electrocute the enemy, right? Yeah. And you could set, set fire to the grass. And like the wind had its own physics and stuff. So like it was actually really advanced kind of physics system. So what if like the f- like gravity gets fucked up and then like all the physics go mental and then some <laughs> really weird shit starts happening? Like that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some more physics-based uh, puzzles would be great. And I think we yeah, saw yeah. like where he flew up through the bottom of the island. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's so uh, yeah, let's just re-go over the trailer here. So there's one thing that got pointed out. So you see Zelda falling down here. So this could be a typical case of like, you know, she gets unconscious or like she goes into some dark trance and you have to save her. But I really hope she's playable in this game. Um, but the next part. Uh, so we see. This is obviously the first new mechanic, right? Link flying. Um, and it looks like if you can see like the island below him, mm-hmm. it looks like that island is floating. So yeah. he's even he's even higher than that island, right? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I wonder um, how he got up there. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that I don't know. Maybe they're just doing that for the trailer because it looks awesome. <laughs> he has a. Uh, oh, oh yeah, then, there's him flying through. That's it, right? And then what a lot of people have noticed, right, is if you look at his arm here, it's like all black and it's like it's kind of been infected by that kind of red poison. Mm. And then it's got this kind of like like metallic like brace thing on his arm and it, it's kind of like that design like the um you know like the technology from the first game so uh, that's yeah kind of interesting that's probably how he gets some new powers you know um the parasol comes back so that's cool um there's been a lot of comments about his hair you know his hair looks glorious like in the wind <laughs> yeah. um but this looks this looks cool so like uh i forgot what, what are these called like go- golems or something the stone golem yeah yeah something like that um uh, but they've built a base on top of him. Yeah, right. So you had these like uh, Bokoblin like outposts in the original game, and you had the the stone golems. But now they've just kind of like just put them together, and I think that's like a really fun, like kind of interesting way to do that. Yeah, that's um, a great way to mix it up. So yeah, this right, this is his arm here, and it's all like black and like, looks a bit gangrenous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's yeah a lot of speculation online. This looks cool, right? So he freezes the ball. The ball coming down, but then he's a, he's able to like reverse time, and I think that's maybe one of the key elements they were trying to show off in this trailer. 
Ah, so like, is, is, it, it a, is, like, it a, is it a gravity reversal or a time reversal? Well, that's what I don't know. Because if you look at the ball here, right, you got ball and then there's like one kind of like ghost of the ball, right? And then back here, there's another ghost of the same ball. So yeah. it's like different points in time. So maybe maybe it's like what well, one second the, intervals. Because the yellow color in, in Breath of the Wild was for the freeze time, right? Yeah, the stasis, right? Um, yeah. Oh, so, so you're probably right. So maybe it's kind of like it, it freezes time, but like at, at intervals. So it's not just once. So you see like, I, I think it's, it's tricky. Oh, there, look, can you see uh, here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, I yeah. Can see. So interesting. So it's like going back on its previous path, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know, like, mm. if you can choose which one it refer it re returns to, like, wh which point in time. That's pretty crazy. Or just it's showing you the trail and then, like, you can see here, like, with this big, um, oh, sorry, I changed the screen. You can see here this big uh, Bokoblin here when he, walks through that kind of yellow you know the the glowing thing you know that's going to hit him and then send it backwards but yeah yeah that's pretty cool right so that was one thing and then uh, as you mentioned right um also sorry yeah fucking flamethrower like what the fuck's going on <laughs> <laughs> holy shit this looks awesome <laughs> yeah yeah so this is what i i was thinking for this game was like these underground kind of like creepy dungeons with like puzzles mm. and stuff so maybe that's what mm. we're seeing here as part of a dungeon you know, I, I I think that's the biggest criticism of Breath of the Wild, right? It's like the removal of like the classic dungeons. Yeah, and the dungeons I, are great. Yeah, I think most people were unhappy with that, right? <laughs> I mean, to me, the most fun part about Zelda is like solving that mystery that leads up to mm. getting the dungeon. Mm. Like, you know, you have to talk to all these people and do these little side quests. And then finally you get to the dungeon and it, it's like beautiful and amazing and interesting. Mm. And you just get this feeling like, yeah, I did it. I, I solved this, the puzzle. You know, I unlocked this cool hidden dungeon or whatever. Mm. So I'd really like to see that coming back to Zelda. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's most people's like the number one reason that you fall in love with the series. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I definitely say that's the biggest criticism of the original Breath of the Wild. So hopefully if they've listened to the fans, they would know to change that and also to remove the fucking weapons that break because that's just annoying as hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, this is yeah. cool. He's burning this guy. So we got this, right? This is the first clue, right? This, this drop of water, like, goes backwards, like, up. It turns into, like, a drop of water, goes back up into the air. So and then we see is, Link. What is going like, back up in the air? Is that... So, I, I, I mean, Link yeah, I don't know. Went, went up in the air, but what's up with that water, you know? I don't know, um, but maybe maybe that's like some like magical like fluid or something or what? Yeah, I, I wonder if it has to do with this mechanic where he's like flying up in the air. Yeah, or maybe maybe that's Link. You know, maybe he 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 fell down and turned into some kind of like liquid. Like, it's like he when he touches the water, it gives him like a portal up into the sky or something. Oh no! What I was thinking, he's almost like like T one thousand. You know, Terminator. He like melts. He turns into like a liquid. There's like there's like a power, right? And maybe he, oh, okay. you could, you, maybe you can melt like through like a surface, but then uh, using another power, you can then reverse the effect and go backwards as well. So maybe oh, okay. maybe that splash is him falling down, and then it reverses and he goes back up again. So maybe he fell, he fell from up here. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It but... is an odd mechanic. It's going to be cool yeah. to see uh, how yeah. they uh, how they make that work and. Mm. I think that riding the parasail like through the clouds is going to be really amazing. 
Like, oh yeah, it's gonna be so good, man. Because like in Skyward Sword, um, like you had the loft wing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could fly through the sky, but to me, it didn't really feel that freeing, because mm-hmm. like there was a limit on like how high and low you could fly, mm-hmm. and um, like the loft wing mechanics just weren't that good, and uh, you, yeah, you could, you could like see the box around the outside of the the area. Do you know what mm, I mean? Mm. Uh, just referring to the overworld in uh, Skyward Sword. Yeah. So, like, to me, I felt like I was just driving a vehicle around, like, a sky-colored box. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's kind that's, of what that it is. is essentially, yeah, that is essentially what's happening. <laughs> uh, but, like, with this, it, I mean, if you can, like, freely, like, fly around with your, your uh, para- is it parasail? Sailcloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parasail. Uh, and then even go all the way down to the surface. Like, that's kind of the the vision I had for Skyward Sword in the first place, mm. you know, where you could, yeah, you could true, go yeah. down to the world. Because if you remember in Skyward Sword, like, if you want to go down to the surface, you have to go to that, like, warp point and it, mm. like, beams you down, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I still love Skyward Sword, but uh, yeah, Breath same. of the Wild 2 is looking pretty pretty good you know that's breath of the wall 2 everyone's fully erect for this game it's going to be amazing <laughs> uh let's move on to another game which i when when i saw this right you know what it didn't even register like what i was looking at as we were watching this on the live stream because i was so tired that evening um and it's just like i saw yeah. metroid i was expecting metroid prime 4 and it turns out, and it comes up, this is the uh, developer uh, kind of um, little documentary they made. But on the trailer, it says Metroid 5, right? And yeah. like in my, my, my head wasn't like, like my, my gears weren't turning properly. And I was like, what's it mean Metroid 5? And then it said Metroid Dread. And I thought, you know, that name sounds familiar. I've heard Metroid Dread before. And then like after like the presentation, like, I got on the Google and I was, I was kind of searching it. And I was like, oh, fuck it, it's that game. Because like this game has been rumoured for so fucking long and it's actually like being rumored with this name so like yeah yeah i think what most people were losing their minds about when this game got announced was like they're like it's actually called metroid dread like people couldn't (laughs) believe it it's mental Um, yeah yeah that's that's so cool like i saw all the stuff about metroid prime having uh the references to the project dread yeah exactly yeah yeah but this looks really great and like of course, I wanted to see uh, Metroid Prime 4, mm. but like I'm actually equally as happy to see this because um, I saw, uh, I played Metroid, uh, what is it called? Metroid Samus Returns mm. on the 3DS when it came mm. out. And um, I thought that was an excellent game and like not a lot mm. of people talked about it, but uh, it was really fun and um, I was totally happy with it. I'm going to uh, charge up my 3DS, I think, and I through samus returns again yeah i Uh, I really want to yeah um it's been what like four years or so three Three or four yeah i feel like the game came out after i moved to japan i think it was late 2017 or like summer 2017 oh maybe maybe, yeah i can't remember actually yeah but it definitely needs another playthrough but yeah so it seems like um because this is quite interesting like the developer interview in this video um which they I think they premiered this during the Treehouse Live after the event. Um, and basically, yeah, they're just talking about how the concept of the game has been around since, like, the days of Metroid Fusion, um, mm-hmm. which came out in 2002, I believe. So, yeah, it's 
And that that's basically that's Metroid Four. Um, so Metroid One and Two are on the Game Boy. Super Metroid is Metroid Three. And Metroid Fusion is Metroid Four. So this is uh, yeah Metroid Five. It's, it's actually going to be the the conclusion to the main Metroid story, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting that they decided this would be the conclusion. Mm. Um, like I, I'm a little bit rusty on my Metroid lore, but uh, it it is kind of an odd uh, universe, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's cool. I mean, I mean I've got fucking like Metroid tattooed on my arm. Like I'm obviously a bit of a <laughs> bit of a freak yeah. for this uh, this series, but yeah, I I love like sci-fi. Um, but the thing I always loved about Metroid was it's kind of like a unique story. Like the concept of like the Metroid, right? These like kind of like almost like uh, they're like little mini nuclear reactors. They just produce like energy, these little creatures. Yeah. And then like the space pirates come and try and like do some like biological like engineering on them and turn them into like a power source. And then that, that yeah. obviously goes wrong. And then like it creates all these like mutant Metroids and stuff. And I it's think really like especially cool. especially for the time and and as like a Japanese concept like. There's a, a story made by a Japanese developer. I think it's really unique. I've never really heard of anything like that in like a different sci-fi story before. Like what what I like about Metroid is, uh, in in terms of like the story and the themes of the game is like how there's kind of a focus on nature, but like kind mm. of that dark aspect aspect of nature. You know, like viruses mm. and predators and you know like dangerous wildlife and like strange, you know, under the sea creatures and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's this kind of raw nature of, um, you know, this raw, like, uh, I don't want to say brutal element to it, but like that kind of like, like the a dread. spider. <laughs> yeah, the dread, you know. Like, and, um, you know, like on in Metroid Prime, the original, you know, you drop down on, um, mm. what is it, Talon Overworld or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it's such a beautiful, like, like a rainforest scene with the rain falling and all these plants and stuff. Mm. But then you quickly discover that like, it's a hostile, dangerous, you know, um, nature with like poisonous things and strange creatures. And um, it's cool seeing that mixed with sci-fi, you know, being like this tech technological, Mm. you know, um, metallic kind of. So I don't know if you remember, like, I mean, they're, they're all, they're basically mentioned in all of the Metro games, but they're the Chozo, the race of like those big, like, lanky bird creatures. Yeah. Um, and that they're like this kind of like ancient civilization that has kind of perished for some mysterious reason. Like, so like, that's a, that's a mystery that's never been solved in any of the um, the games, but that's, they kind of, they left behind all this cool technology and they're the, they're the race that built Samus's suit. Because um, uh. like, she, she's like the only human that is capable of like harnessing the Chozo like technology. Um, and this kind of like power suit was built specifically for her. That's why she's so powerful. I mean, she's obviously like, she's cunning and smart and she has the combat abilities, but the suit basically allows her to like go into all these like, hostile environments and just combat with all these like enemies that are like super, super strong, right? They're just way too powerful for her. And is, uh, is her suit here, the the fusion suit from Metroid? It fusion? looks like it, yeah, right? Yeah, because it's, yeah, so... I forgot what the the the, the, the um like the bacteria thing is called the virus. It's called like XB nine something. Like it's got like X, a kind of X parasite. Is that the uh... X parasite? Right, oh, that's it. Yeah. So I think did that like a code name as well. But yeah, it like fuses with her suit, right? So um, that gives us some kind of different abilities in the, in that game. Um, but yeah, the technology. So I don't know. I don't think 
what I heard from about this story is that like it's the the Galactic Federation, which are like the uh, the Galactic Police, I guess, this kind of like government body. Um, who I think you find out more about them if you've ever played uh, Metroid Other M, which was kind of like a side game on the Wii. Yeah, I, um, I actually didn't play that one, but. Um... Um, but yeah, there's that, and there's also on the DS, uh, Metroid Federation Force, which was like a multiplayer-only game, which was like actually a bit mm. shit. But anyway, like the Federation, <laughs> like uh, you know, soldiers or whatever. So this is like a Federation, Galactic Federation facility, and uh, yeah, these um, these enemies, the uh, Emmy is called. These robots are like, it reminds me of um, Alien, Aliens. You know, they made uh, Sega made that game. In like 2016, 2015, 2017, maybe. Um, and it was like an aliens game, but where you get uh, hunted yeah. by the alien and the AI was like super smart. It reminds uh, me of that. Yeah. It's got that very creepy kind of vibe. And I had imagined that's probably where they got some of the inspiration from. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think the original Metroid was influenced from the, the film Alien, right? Yeah, like, but, yeah, was... I think. Yeah, Sorry, I think <laughs> I was going to say I think the developer originally said I forgot the name of the guy who created the series, but I think he he said originally that uh, he was impressed by like Sigourney Weaver as like the the female protagonist, and she was like the badass, and she's got the fucking flamethrower, and she fucks all the aliens, up, right? So that, that's yeah, like yeah. that was one of his reasonings for making uh, Samus a woman in the first place. Um, oh, okay. And and he, I think he also said like he just wanted to surprise people. So like if I don't know if you ever completed the original Metroid, but the whole way through, there's no indication that she's a woman and so everyone assumes that it's a male right because it's, it's especially it's like the 80s and it's like a space hero kind of thing and then once mm. you complete the game the credits roll and she stands there and she just takes her, hair, her helmet off and like all her long hair like flows out and everyone's like oh my god it's a woman <laughs> yeah 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 that's right yeah and then but like I, is it super yeah, metroid so like badass. when you, when you die on super metroid like she's in like a bikini or something is that oh uh, yeah 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 that was a bit unnecessary though <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I guess uh, the other big game that's been um, anticipated for a long time is uh, Shin Megami 5, right? Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is finally coming after, you know, it's been uh, announced for quite a long time. Um, yeah, I think when the Switch was uh, announced, uh, this was mm. as well. Um, and uh, we've got some gameplay here, and it's looking pretty good to me. Um mm -hmm. Uh, I played uh, Persona 4 kind of recently, and um, of course Shin Megami Tensei is kind of the father game of uh, of that series, you know. They have mm. uh, very similar combat mechanics. Mm. So um, you can see in the gameplay here, um, there are these weaknesses, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, if, you, if you attack with the correct, uh, you know, type of attack, like fire or lightning or whatever... Mm. Um, if you hit their weak point, uh, it bounces back and you get an extra move. So like, Oh, okay. That's, that's the perk for that. Okay. Yeah. So the gameplay is kind of like finding the enemy's weaknesses and then like chaining together these like strings of, uh, of like, uh, critical attacks, you know, mm -hmm. so that you can, if you can, um, keep bouncing back off the enemy, you can attack like three or four times in a row. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah. So it's kind of strategic and um, like you can use this to like actually beat enemies that are much higher level than you if you're like mm. a skilled player. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And there's also like a kind of Pokemon-esque aspect to it. So these monsters mm. are recruitable or these demons. Um, ah, okay. So like I 
think you can negotiate with the demons and mm. uh and get them to join your party and then fight for you uh, oh okay interesting and uh i believe shin megami tensei actually had this mechanic before pokemon so i've the heard whole, that yeah so the whole monster capturing and then using them to fight in your party mm. was kind of like it started with this and mm. then pokemon was influenced by it and then of course pokemon is cute you know <laughs> it, it blew up <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know i love pokemon as well yeah, but this yeah. is a, uh, this is for the hardcore folk folks, I guess. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, cool. And uh, I really like this character's design, like with this flowing hair. Mm, uh, yeah, that's quite unique, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting art style. And um, another thing I wanted to mention is, uh, so this is actually Tokyo that uh, they're running uh, around. Okay. And if you skip ahead about maybe 15 seconds or 30 seconds mm. um we can see the yamanote sen oh yeah 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 okay. or maybe just a little bit before that uh yeah uh, so <laughs> cool. you see that that green color <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so nice. uh like i think you're gonna see like famous tokyo landmarks and things in this game mm. but in this like weird demonic like twisted version of tokyo mm. right so um, I haven't played the uh, previous games in the series. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know there's there's some kind of war between angels and demons, mm. and uh, it like takes over Tokyo or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, anyhow, if you guys are interested, you can you can watch this. This is a uh, the Nintendo Treehouse uh, live gameplay stream. Uh, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna be picking this one up. So I'm I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it looks interesting. I don't know if I'll play it, but I think I'm gonna let you tell me what you think <laughs> yeah. first, and then yeah. and then you'll just lend it to me. <laughs> yeah, you're not a, a huge fan of uh, JRPGs, right? Yeah, it depends what they are. Like, I mean, like I mentioned last week, and I've been playing it a little bit this week, but I'm quite getting into Fantasian. So, like, there are some that like kind of capture my interest, and I think it's just like the style, like. I think what I like about Fantasian is just like the the world and the visual. The visuals are nice. It's a it's turn based, but it's got this kind of weird like touch screen mechanic, which is a bit hard to explain. But like you mm -hmm. like tap on the attack you want to use and then drag it to the enemy. But then like if you pull like left or right, you can like curve the, like the trajectory, so you can like do attacks like in a, like a curve and like not like chain. You know, so like if the enemies are not standing next to each other, you can like. It's like when you try and do like a, a ten, uh, what is it like a seven ten split in bowling, you know, and you curve it around. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I think I it's, saw some of that. It's, it's kind of like that, and it, 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 that's quite fun. I've never seen anything like that before, so yeah, I'm kind of enjoying that. Well, that's um, kind of yeah. kind of like key for enjoying a JRPG is to, uh, mm. you know, like each game has like a particular like battle mechanic, right? And like learning yeah. learning the ropes is like half of the fun of that, right? Um, yeah for sure yeah so I think, yeah you've always you've always got to like try and improve um you know the mechanics and maybe not improve but just bring something new it doesn't always work obviously but like it's yeah. definitely not not an easy job developing a battle system i imagine for a game yeah so i guess that's the key for enjoying jrpgs is to be like interested in the world and the characters mm. and to have you know to have fun like exploring the the mechanics of the you know battle system or whatever yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up our kind of highlights of um, Nintendo Direct uh, 2021 for E3. 
um, some big games in there, some stuff I'm super excited for. I'm sure you feel exactly the same, Ryan. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's that's the future. Um, but now let's just take a quick look back at the past. Uh, so on the 23rd of June, uh, in two days, on the Wednesday, 23rd of June, it will be the Nintendo 64's uh, 25th birthday. So it launched uh, on the 23rd of June, 1996 in Japan. So I thought we could just have a, a, little, a little reminisce and uh, we could check out some of these cool super retro um, N64 uh, commercials. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm a yeah, huge yeah. N64 guy. Yeah. So I don't know what order these in and I don't know what ones are going to appear, um, but this is obviously for Donkey Kong 64. And those kids were just kind of pulling out the um, expansion pack. Um, so like saying like, oh yeah, you know, it's got the new like, expansion slot. Uh, did you oh, play Donkey Kong yeah. 64? Yeah, I, I beat it, but I, I actually kind of hated it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a very big fan of it. Yet some for some reason I still made it to the end. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. But yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was, uh, it was super we, fun, yeah. My buddy and I have this this like kind of inside joke about this game having really bad vibes, like the the music was is kind of wonky and like uh like the dungeons are like these these never ending mazes and you're like searching for these hidden uh, bananas okay. you know so we we used to have this joke that the game is just like a torturing <laughs> torturing us. But, yeah, I don't. So I don't really remember because I I got like every banana. There's like two hundred and one bananas, right? We and should, I did it hundred percent, but we should do a let's play uh, stream where we we try to revisit some of these, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That would be, be fun. fun. <laughs> uh, so our next one, uh, we've got an advert for the uh, sixty-four DD, the disc drive. Ah, I've is, never had a chance to try this. Yeah, right. So this this only released in Japan. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see this. I love like the square format, like super like VHS quality. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at the accessories. You've got the mouse. Did you see that on the bottom left? Yeah, yeah. yeah. the The only game I think that I was interested in uh, is like the F Zero Track Creator. Oh um, yeah, have, that was have you ever cool, seen yeah. that? It's like uh, yeah, yeah. They have yeah, like it's... a whole so software where you can make custom tracks, so it's kind of mm -hmm. nice. And uh, what's this? A uh, friend, friendo studio. So like this had like a camera, you could take a picture of someone's face and like put it onto Oh you, no you wait, Jet Force Gemini. Oh yeah. This yes. game was excellent. I love this game and I actually uh, played I played this like maybe two or three years ago for the first time. Uh um brilliant and, game, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It it took me like a few hours to get used to the controls. But um mm, yeah, it's, a bit, it's got, a bit janky by today's standards, but yeah, once you get Past the jankiness, it, it gets yeah. really fun. You just yeah, have to get loop, used the to dog. the dog. Oh, he's so good. It's it's hard to be accurate like while you're shooting, but like yeah, once you get used to it, you can kind of you know, mm. you can just sort of spray them <laughs> with the bullet, yeah, yeah. bullets and uh, make your way through. <laughs> it's so it's a little little bit up. hard, isn't it? This game. It's it's quite yeah. Um, I never completed it because the the last boss is notorious for being like impossible to beat. Uh, Mazar, I think he's called, and he's this big, like fucking, like crab. He looks like a wasp. He's got like black and like yellow body paint, but like he's like the <laughs> boss, like of the ant. It's kind of a, it's kind of gory too. Like when you shoot the bugs, they like explode into like. Goo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good, right? 
Nice. I've got a uh, Japan only collection here that I'm I'm working on. If you want to pull it over to uh, my camera, oh yeah, really quick. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how. So look. I kind of want to show off some of these. So um, I I don't know if this shows well here, but this is uh, good, yeah. Sin and Punishment. Uh, oh, so okay. It's, it's a pretty good uh, like a uh, on rails mm. uh mm. shooter. Mm. Uh, really great game. Let's see what else do I have. I've got um. Here's a, of course, Dane shall they go, right? Oh, so, yeah, that's a uh, second appearance on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to represent. I got some shitty ones, too. Uh, yeah, these kind of suck. I don't know if you've... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> this shit. I've, um, I've got those, yeah, I've got those yeah. back in, in, my, <laughs> in my storage. I've, I've only got about 10 games right now, but mm. um, I eventually want to get, like, a decent N64 collection. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking like uh, like this shelf behind me, right? That's where I keep all my camera gear. But like on just the left, I've got like another blank space, so I might just get like another rack and then just have it as like a cool like presentation kind of thing. Yeah, just get that, some, like, that would sweet. be cool, man. Yeah, because actually this shelf off off camera, you can't see it, but like that's got all my game stuff on. But it's just got everything on, so it's a bit like cluttered, and you can't like you can't appreciate anything, you know. So I'd like yeah, to. I Give us some breathing room. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I need to buy a bigger shelf. Mine's just about full. I've got like yeah. a tiny, tiny little, you know, cheap shelf here. But anyway, uh, have you ever thought about buying a CRT TV to play these old games on? I'd love to, man. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know you watch the uh, like DF Retro, right? A Digital Foundry Retro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, John Linneman, he's always doing the uh, the analysis on like CR. He's like a big big advocate of uh, CRTVs. And uh, yeah, yeah. I think I sent you before. Um, there's a guy called I think on Twitter. If you search like CRT Pixel, I think he is, and uh, he posts pictures of like a screen. Like he'd take a picture of the actual CRT screen with a certain character or pixel, and then he'll put like another picture of a comparison of just like from like a screen capture from like an emulator. Yeah, and it just looks so shit on the emulator. You don't realize. Like, yeah, it's, it's just not is not the same art style, right? Yeah, like, like when you play it on the screen, you think, oh, that looks so good, it looks so sharp, and you can see all the pixels. But like, if you actually see a CR, sorry, if you see a CRTV screen, you realize, man, it looks so much nicer, so smooth, right? Yeah, yeah. So I really want to buy one. Um, but I've been saying that for years, and I just haven't made the, you know, <laughs> commitment yeah. to it yet. But uh, maybe eventually I want to get a CRT and have like a little retro gaming like corner. Mm. With like the old consoles and like a rack of games um, yeah i'd like to do the same thing but uh yeah but, it's, uh, i think it's, it's mostly a commitment a commitment of space right and yeah. as you know from these like small uh small japanese apartments you have to be very selective about what you put in in certain places um because yeah, if you get definitely. a crtv it's like you need to get a stand for it as well and they weigh like i mean 30 kilos at like minimum for like yeah <laughs> like good i'll one. probably get a small one you know you know with like a screen about you know like that big or whatever yeah yeah um and then maybe i can put it on top of the rack of games you mm. know that's kind of my my ideal setup but uh yeah i was thinking about see. like um like a little 12 inch one and like uh, you can't see what the shelf that my camera's sitting on now I was thinking mm -hmm. about like putting one up in the corner. You know, like when you go into shops and they have like the, the CCTV like monitor and it's like a really old CRTV. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So like, so like uh, having one of those in the corner and then just like an N64 attached. So it's like if, you know, I'm editing a video and I get bored and I'm like, yeah, I'll just take a little <laughs> break. Just pick up the controller and I can just like play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something that like would, that. I'll, that would be that really fun. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. May so, maybe um, on the upcoming holiday, I'll take some time and set up my uh, retro corner. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to take a little adventure into Akihabara one day and uh, yeah, go and, go and check out some stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that pretty much uh, kind of ties us up our little mini celebration of the N64. So uh, I don't think Nintendo is doing anything to celebrate the birthday. I just saw an article about it um, on some website. It just reminded me that, you know, just reminded me how old I am and yeah. uh, <laughs> and how much I missed the glory days. So I wish that we could go back in time. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah. We appreciate that. So, um, yeah, what's our next story for the week, Ram? Yeah, so our last story for today. Um, so the recently released game, uh, Nino Kuni Cross Worlds, mm. uh, has been kind of controversial in Japan um, because it's asking for a lot of personal information. Mm. So um, there's been some issues where it, the game requests your uh, my number, which is kind of like, uh, it's not exactly like your social security number, but it's mm. uh, it's like an identifying number for like uh, the government. Mm. Uh, if, so when you move to Japan, you get like a my number card, um, and it, it you need it for like doing taxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like people are wondering like why does this game need uh, you know your your uh, my number? Mm. Like what does it have to do with with the game? Mm. And uh, I believe it requests for a lot of other stuff. We see uh, here it asks for your um, your full name, your address, uh, physical address, mail address, phone number, uh, your bank account number. Uh, I guess that's for mm. uh, micro tra- transactions and stuff. Mm. And uh, this TIN, which is tax identification number or mm. my number. So that's quite a bit of personal information to be giving to um, a company just to play, you know, their free, you know, phone RPG. Mm. Um, do you have any thoughts about it? Uh, yeah. So I didn't hear about this story in the news, but uh, you mentioned it to me and then it kind of got me interested because I've been playing the game a little bit. Um, I mean, first I should say, like, I didn't, I wasn't required to enter my, my number card or yeah, yeah, me too, my bank uh, my bank account number. So like um if anyone's worried about just checking the game out, like don't worry, that's not what happened. Um but uh after yeah, a little bit of digging around though, um I found uh, this tweet on the official Crossworlds um Twitter account. So it, it appears that like you know there there's obviously some kind of eagle eyed <laughs> gamers out there. And I think most people do this, right? Most people skip past the privacy policy stuff, but there's always like one person that reads every fucking word and they're like a lawyer yeah. or something. Anyway, mm. it broke out online and it seems like people are going to get angry about it. So uh, this is apparently day one, like where the game was launched. Um, they posted this and just said like, uh, look guys, um, there's been some concerns about the privacy policy, uh, but please be aware that's not um, that's not the case. Let us explain. And they posted this picture here, but it's a bit small. So um, basically it's just copied from here. This is the official website. Um, it's a bit long-winded, as you can imagine, because it's a company statement. It's talking about like po- privacy, f- like policies and all that stuff. But what it summarizes down to is basically um, they say that um, they use like a blanket kind of um, policy for all games that they publish. So this this company, uh, Netmarble, who is the developer, so it's not actually Bandai, the the, the publisher, because Bandai Namco owns the franchise Nino Kuni, but uh, Netmarble is making this game. But they're a mobile developer. So they say that um, they use the same uh, policy for every game. But the the game they made previously to this uh, was this. It's called BTS Universe, um, which is 
uh, this game. So it's about the band BTS, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. Like, you, you, it's BTS Universe story. So I don't know, like, you choose, like, their outfits and stuff. I, I, I don't know. It's some kind of, like, K-pop game. <laughs> no idea. But anyway, apparently in that game, uh, they mention here that uh, in this BTS game, you're able to, like, um, create custom content and actually sell it on, like, a marketplace. So, like, uh, you know, if you make, like, uh, like an outfit or like a dance routine, or I'm not really sure, but, you know, like you make something that other fans want to buy, uh, you can sell it to them. So they say in the, the privacy policy for that game, they require your um, my number and your bank account because you can get paid for, um, you know, selling the stuff. And also for tax purposes, they need to know your my number uh, number, ah, I see. Which, which is very legit, right? So basically what they're saying, and I don't, I can't, understand why they'd be lying about it it just seems like a massive oversight uh by their lawyers like i don't know who would be in charge of that but basically yeah they just kind of copied and pasted it into the next game and it just got missed so it seems fairly innocent um and even like i went on like twitter and i was right going down reading all these comments like um people some people saying like oh it's too late um or like some people just kind of making jokes about it some people are just like posting like, oh, I found a bug in the game or something. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. something like unrelated. Like some people are just like posting memes. Um, so I don't know. I think like Japanese people uh, as a whole um, are quite sensitive to like privacy issues. So they're, I think like they're this also, ha- so this, that BTS game was, that's a Korean, is that a K-pop group? Yeah. Yeah. Like is they're like right? the biggest Biggest, I mean, probably the biggest group on the planet at the moment. Like not even oh, K-pop, see, I'm but... I'm pretty far out of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of the um, there is actually a video. Let's watch the video. Um, but, yeah, so I I think that uh, it says in that privacy policy that like any kind of dispute will fall under like the Korean law. Uh, and, uh yes. So that yeah, that was that was also mentioned as well, right? So, um, but uh, it, but yeah, so I guess people are kind of sensitive about that as well. Yeah, so I guess like, you know, because BTS is like a Korean owned, you know, entity, right? And they've collaborated with a Japanese publisher to co-develop the game or whatever. So there must be like some translations with like international law and stuff. And then, I I don't know, like maybe like people are getting annoyed that like the Bandai was careless or like maybe they're getting annoyed that they're using like some kind of Korean law terminology in like the Japanese game or yeah, I, I don't know, but like you know, like I think it's pretty well known that like the um, political relations between Korea and Japan are always like sensitive at the best of times. So mm. like it can usually be like any little thing will set people off and get people annoyed. So yeah, and it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, <laughs> this company Net Mar, what are they called? Net Marvel. Net Net Marvel. Yeah, that's a Korean developer, I I believe. Maybe, oh, maybe okay, that. That makes more sense. I guess I didn't clarify at the start, but the the publisher is Bandai, right? Because the franchise is owned by Bandai, which is a Japanese mm-hmm. company, obviously. So maybe that's the confusion. So maybe people are mad that like Netmarble as a Korean, uh, as a Korean company, are asking for Japanese citizens' details, because that that could also be seen as very sensitive as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit hard to tell because like. Like I say, the comments online don't seem to be very like specific, or like they're either or they're talking about some kind of like 
you know, like kind of zeitgeist politics that I'm not really aware of. It's just like deep in the culture, right? So it's kind of hard to comment on. And also like, I'm just a bit afraid of like any lashback that we might receive. So yeah, you know, as, as two foreigners in Japan, um, it's always, yeah, it's probably always safe if we don't speculate too much on these kind of issues. Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye on the situation. I'll be kind of interested to see what people are saying. And if I see anything that kind of alludes to an actual conclusion, then <laughs> maybe I'll, I can uh, let you guys know in the next episode. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, I'll be uh, deleting Nino Kuni. <laughs> <laughs> Burning it, yeah, and just uh, burn your residence card. Actually, actually uh, just just to wrap this up, um, Nino Kuni Two is coming to the Switch, uh, in a few months, I believe. Right? Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, so I might be checking that out. Actually. Um, oh yeah, true. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, I guess that wraps up the news for today. Then. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, why don't we move on to some new releases. So, first up, we've got uh, the Caligula Effect 2, um, which, yeah, I don't know anything about this game. I don't know anything about the first one, uh, Caligula Effect. Um, this is the PS4 trailer from April 16th this year. I see. Uh, yeah, let's see what's going on with this. So, All right, um, we've got... Uh... Anime style, obviously. <laughs> yeah, anime style. You gotta have it. Shibuya. There you go. Shibuya. Shibuya obviously. Ticking uh, a lot so, of, of boxes. School, high school. High school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the graphics are looking kind of cool. Yeah, it's got I a very mean, like Persona kind of vibe, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. It's interesting like seeing so many games with like similar art styles and themes. Things, mm. uh, yeah. This this looks very much like a persona. Mm. Let's see what is so, this? Musicians. Yeah. Uh, so like some school kids and some demons, obviously. This guy with like face tattoos. Uh, and this is some like reality is like breaking. Whoa! This looks a bit crazy. Yeah, he's got flowers growing out of his his gut. Yeah, he just like manifested like some like a switchblade <laughs> in his hand. I like yeah. this kind of like the the glass. It's like they're cracking, like like reality is cracking, or something. Yeah, yeah interesting. This this looks cooler than I I thought at first. Like, I mean, this looks kind of similar quality to like the Shin Megami Tensei or something. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, from uh, first impressions, you know. Yeah, it's got that kind of vibe, right? Yeah, it's at least uh, in terms of like. Qual level of quality it's got that kind of similar thing um but Although yeah that's I've, a... I've uh i've never heard of this game before so um i guess i'll i'll keep uh <laughs> keep my ears <laughs> open <laughs> uh yeah no same but uh yeah that's uh caligula effects 2 uh it's coming out on the 24th of june so in a few days uh so next up uh this is one i'm a bit more excited about this is the uh, legend of mana so here we've got the, uh, this is the opening cinematic actually. So I haven't seen this yet. So I'm kind of curious to see if it's going to be like an anime style or like 3D or looks, oh, it looks anime. Yeah, nice. Is this a remake of it? Yeah. So this is the remake of the first game. I forget because they keep remake, they keep remaking all these mana games. Like, yeah, so I've they remade. 
Secret of Mana, which is Seiken Densetsu 2. They remade that already. Um, that was the first 3D one. Then they remade Seiken Densetsu 3, Secret of Mana 2, uh, last year. So I think Legend of Mana, I think this is the first one, the Game Boy one. Yeah, so this is the Switch trailer. So it should have some more gameplay in here. But actually, I think I need to uh, just make a correction. I thought this was the, the Game Boy game, but apparently this was on the PlayStation 1. Which makes sense, that's why I don't know it, because I, I didn't have a PlayStation until like, like the end of PS3 era. I was like Nintendo kid all the way up to like <laughs> my like mid-twenties, so... Oh, that, that makes sense. I, uh... <laughs> I, I miss this one out, yeah. But I love the, I love the Mana series, I've played all the, the, the uh, Nintendo versions. Um, mm. And the music's so good. But uh, this looks pretty nice. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you, you weren't a fan of the, the mix, right, of the, the pixel and the... The kind of sharper looking backgrounds. Yeah, I, I'm starting to get used to it now. You know, like we talked about Advance Wars, mm. you know, and this. I think just pretty much all the games are, are going in this direction. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it can look good, but it's just a very difficult balance, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I was playing earlier today this game called The Messenger. Mm. It's, it's like kind of in like this uh, 8-bit or maybe it's 16-bit style. Mm. Or like a Katana Zero. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of how I like to see these old games, like, or how I would like them to be redone, you know? Like, seeing, yeah, them, sure, sure. seeing them done, like, in widescreen with, like, more pixels, you know, more colors, and just, like, um, the music put in a higher quality. Um, yeah, yeah. Rather than just abandoning the pixel style altogether and going for, mm -hmm. like, these, these hand-drawn things. Mm -hmm. But, um... You know, that's just me. I, I think I'm just uh, addicted to the pixels, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just don't want, don't want to give it up. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a cool style. And yeah, personally, I, I kind of prefer it as well, especially like when it's a game that already exists, right? I just, because if it's not specifically crafted with 3D in mind, you know, the, the original characters were drawn with the intention that they would be represented in pixels. So like I I imagine that changes the way that you think about it as like a designer as an artist when you're drawing mm -hmm. characters. So yeah, that's kind of a kind of interesting. But yeah, I'm definitely going to pick that one up. Maybe not on day one because I've still got like the uh, the secret mana collection that I've barely even touched. Oh yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll get around to it at some point. It's just so many so many bloody games to get so through. So many it's, games. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, next up we've got uh, Naoto no Kiseki Kai. Ah, I see. And uh, this is this is Falcom, um, made by Falcom, which is the <clears throat> company behind the Ease series, uh, Legend of Heroes, and uh, the Trails series. So kind oh, of a, yeah, yeah. a classic uh, JRPG developer. I think we had a, a new uh, Trails game a couple of months ago, right? Maybe like episode four or five for our then. I forgot the full title, but oh, there was yeah. uh, we talked about one at that yeah. time. Yeah, there's. There's like two separate trails, right? Mm. Or is that Tails? There's like a Tails. No, it's not Tails. Ta Tails uh, is a Bandai, yeah. That's like Tales of Vesperia and like Symphonia. Oh, and, uh, okay. yeah. And All so those kind of games. Trails. Well, that looks it looks cool. like Trails of Cold Steel or <laughs> something. Ah, <laughs> uh, like yeah, that. that was that was it, wasn't it? Whoa, this looks wild. What's going on? Actually, this looks kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's it looks a bit like a, Sin and Punishment, that kind of style, like that fixed angle, like um, 2D scrolling, like shooter game. Yeah. yeah interesting. There's, there's so many of these games that like I 
think look good and I'd like to try, but there's just no way I could like get to all of them. Yeah, this like it's just impossible to keep up, and they always launch at like eight thousand yen. They're always like so expensive, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like max price. It's, it's weird because uh, actually a lot of the time they're, they're more expensive, like a Nintendo game, like and it's just, yeah. Well, they they're really uh, packed usually. Like there's so mm. much content in these games, you know. Like, true, true. Like I don't know how anyone like can get through it all. Like, I, get, yeah. I guess if you're really like deep, you, you know, like if you're deep into the JRPGs mm. and stuff, like you really, you know, get into this stuff. Yeah, um, I'm sure you you probably just get into like a like a rotation of just like okay, next game, next game. You just kind of blast through them if you're really into that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I imagine these kind of games are for people who like have like a, a really regular hobby of gaming. You know, mm. like just. Like for me personally, I can only find a few hours each week to like mm. squeeze in some gaming. So it's really hard for me to tackle any of these like super long JRPGs. Yeah, yeah, it's just impossible, isn't it? I mean, that that's why it helps like having like the Switch, right? It's, it makes it makes RPGs like possible again as an adult because you can take it with you. <laughs> yeah, you can just chip away at it like as you go, and especially because it has the sleep function, you know. So you just wherever you are, you know, you just kind of have to pause it and just do something else. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'll probably, that's kind of how I intend to play like Legend of Mana whenever I have the time to play it. Mm. Um, and that's how I'm playing Fantasia, you know, it's just like on the iPad. So like I use my iPad a lot for studying or like doing some stuff for work. So like I'll just, whenever I've got like five minutes or I'm waiting for something, I'll just kind of, you know, switch app and like it's running in the background. So just mm. play it. And then whenever I need to dip out, I don't even save it. I just like go into another app and it just kind of like saves it in like RAM. So it's always like yeah. kind, of, kind of ready save, to go. Save states are like a lifesaver. You know, yeah, just like being, being able new... to come back to it. That's so it, good. man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, next up, we've got uh, Samurai Warriors 5. So, let's check this out. Sengoku period. That's the Warring States period, right? <laughs> yeah. This isn't the Musou game, is it? They got announced. Uh, oh, no, it's just Samurai Warriors. Samurai Warriors. Oh, no, I it don't is, yeah. Know, uh... Sengoku Muso. This was um this was in the Nintendo Direct. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like Dynasty Warriors basically. Um but in Sengoku period. Yeah, are you are you a fan of the Muso games? Yeah. Oh Toshi Maeda. So yeah. Nobunaga. Mitsuhide Akechi. Yeah, so like, it's a lot of these like famous um like Daimyo or like Samurai or like Warlords. Mm. I'm not really a big fan of these games, to be honest, get a bit boring, but I like Japanese history. And, like, these characters get used a lot in the stories, you know, because they're, you know, they're, they're like legends in Japan, you know. So they're yeah, always like the, yeah. the cool, like, uh, main characters. And, uh, that's cool. Tokugawa, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I actually haven't studied Japanese history that much. I mean, I'm, I'm very familiar with their modern history, but, like, the ancient Japanese history is, like, kind of a mystery to me. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'd study it a lot, but it's just, I think it's just really interesting. Like when you hear about the the stories, like so. This is from the Sengoku period, right? So this is like the um, the time of like the the Warring States. So there were like like fifty different like regions, and the 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 size of each region was constantly shrinking and expanding. When like they kept invading each other and like taking over each other's land and stuff, and the whole country was just at war. Um, mm. And every every um, state had like a a daimyo, right? Like the the guy who was like the boss of like that area 
Um, and uh, yeah, I think the, the name came up like Ieyasu Tokugawa. He's the he's the first guy that like conquered all of Japan and like united it as a country. Um, so he's a very famous figure. But apparently, like from what I've heard from Japanese people, a lot of people don't like him. He's a bit of like an evil, like a necessary evil kind of guy. So he he ultimately uh, did a good thing, but maybe not in the best way. Or I'm not really sure. I don't know the the exact details. So I'm not like a historian, but. It's good to know the, those kind of legendary characters because they they get used a lot in the games, you know, um, and people yeah, just just yeah. like you know like like Merlin or something, you know, like uh, <laughs> in like British uh, uh, history or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn my Japanese history through uh, Samurai Warriors Five. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. That's that's the uh, that's the goal, right? So um, yeah, that that looks pretty cool. I mean, it's just a basic like Muso game. Uh, PS4, and I think it yeah, was announced for Switch in the Direct. Um, and yeah, our last game, this looks kind of fun, actually. This is called The Wicked King and the Noble Hero. So, yeah, I just watched the first few seconds of this trailer. Um, and yeah, it's got this kind of like picture book kind of style to it. It's quite cute. Um, oh, yeah, sort of cut out, like hand-drawn. Looks kind of like a Sharpie pen or something. Yeah, yeah. And the way the characters move, it, it's look like each part of their body is made of like a different piece of paper. So it's almost uh, like a picture, like a picture book, you know, like a kid's, like a, almost like a Roald Dahl or something like that kind of style, but maybe not as like, <laughs> not as messy, but it's got that kind of kid's picture book style. Yeah, this looks cool. Mm. So this is kind of the intro, uh... Oh, that's a cool effect. It's animation, yeah, yeah. So let's see if we could some. Oh, I like that song as well. It's fun. Let's just skip ahead a little bit. See if we've got some gameplay in here. So, can I introduce the characters here? Oh, here we go. All right, so. Oh, this looks oh, fun. Yeah, yeah this yeah, looks, looks like, really nice. Looks like a pop-up picture book. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, some great, some great art design here. Yeah, it's like a JRPG as well. And you can't, you can't hear the audio over the stream, but the, the soundtrack's amazing. It sounds like Enya. Do you remember Enya? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's got that kind of like Japanese Enya mixed with like uh, I don't know some kind of like RPG fantasy music. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah. Wow, this is really impressive. Like, it's um, I don't want to say it looks like Hollow Knight. But it kind of mm. has that two D over the, I know what you mean, yeah, layered yeah, yeah. backgrounds with like lighting mm. effects. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it has that sort of vibe going for it. Oh yeah, I um, know what you mean for sure. Yeah, but uh, overall, this looks quite nice. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a bit short on a uh, gameplay actually in this trailer, but I think this is just like the story overview. Yeah, uh, it's just skip well, through. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem we, much. Uh, yeah. So we had some pretty impressive looking titles this week. I I didn't really have that high expectation, but uh. Most of these look pretty good, so. Yeah, that's good, yeah. So, like, um, I guess, yeah, maybe just to clarify for the listeners, um, me and Ryan, we try not to watch the trailers. Like, sometimes we already know about the game. It's kind of impossible. But, um, yeah, we try and keep the reaction a bit more fresh just to give, you know, more of an initial impression of the game. And it's also more fun for us, right? Because, like, we just kind of discover about the game uh, as we're watching the trailer. So I guess that gives yeah. more of, like, an <laughs> yeah, like authentic, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> so we we uh we check all the news stories beforehand mm. and, and read about it but like as for the new release trailers uh we just like get it raw so mm. exactly yeah. yeah yeah 
All right. So uh, for the final uh, portion of our show today, we're going to learn some uh, Japanese. And, uh, and my word for the week is kiniyamu, which means to worry. And um, you might be familiar with this um, kanji ki. It's in, uh, it's in genki, right? Uh, to be well. Um, but like uh, ki is kind of like one's uh, awareness or attention. Mm. So, like, uh, you might know kiyotsukeru, uh, which is be be careful, right? So give it attention, you know, uh, be careful. Uh, you know, you people might know kiyotsukete, you know, uh, look out or whatever. But kiniyamu uh, is uh, to worry about something. So uh, I've got a little uh, example sentence here. Seiseki ga warui koto ni kiyo yonde. Uh, so I'm always uh, worried about my bad grades and it's uh, making me uh, depressed, right? So, uh, yeah, so kiniyamu, it's also uh, sometimes said uh, kiyoyamu. So the, part, the particle uh, changes depending on the usage. But uh, yeah, this uh, recognizing the kanji ki is really important. Uh, Kini iru is uh, to like something, right? Uh, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that kanji ki. Mm, and yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and just so this kini yama means to worry, but actually, I usually hear worry uh, as shinpai, shinpai suru. So actually, I always learned worry as shinpai suru. But uh, sometimes you'll see kiniyamu or even um, nayamu, which is the verb to uh, to be worried. Yeah, yeah. So, so. we've got shinpai, um, nayamu as well is another word. To yeah, be worried, this, to be troubled. this uses the, the same kanji from kiniyamu. Mm. So like, yeah, so it's very closely related. But yeah, yeah. Just, some different words for worry, which uh, comes up pretty frequently. So it's, it's a good one to mm. know. But yeah, like you mentioned, I think key is a good one because it's actually like, it's a very like context sensitive word, right? Because it generally means, yeah, like, so like awareness or like um, kind of mind or body or spirit. Um, it can also mean like energy in certain ways. Uh, here it's even can mean like air or mood, atmosphere. It's very, so many very, ways to yeah. use that, that kanji, right? It's very... Sometimes it can be a bit difficult. Um, it kind of reminded me of one actually that I, I do see it a lot in games. And people say it a lot as well. So like you could say something like yaruki. Oh yeah. Yaruki. So like so when you put ki at the end of a verb, it means like you want to do that. It's like a feeling of like I want to do that or like ki, yaruki ga suru. So like um, I've got a feeling like I want to do that or something. Um, so that's just like an additional one, but I think that's kind of linked because you see it a lot. Um, Especially in I, games, because like the character's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna achieve something, you know. So sometimes I see key by itself behind a sentence, like with mm. the meaning of like, does he have the intention of doing that? So, mm -hmm. uh, like, I I was just finishing Advance uh, Advance Wars, mm. and uh, there's a character, he's about to like uh, ki kill himself, basically, like do yeah, a suicide yeah. thing, and he says like, Jisatsu uh, Suruki, like with a question mark. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, like, he, like yeah, like are you trying to to do that? You know, is he trying to kill himself or something? Yeah, that's um, that's another good point. Yeah, it's it's used as like um, 
like in a kind of a, a narrative way, right? Because the the character's guessing what the other person might do, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For such a simple like kanji, actually, it's probably one of the first kanji you ever learn. It's very complex, actually. <laughs> it's got yeah, there's there. just so yeah. many usages and things. Yeah, yeah. But that's but yeah, I, that's that's a good. Uh, Example. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys this week. So uh, if you're learning Japanese, definitely check out all the different words with ki in it because it's very common uh, kanji there. Yeah, cool. So, so uh, uh, how, how about you? Yeah, so I mentioned the star. Right? I've been reading the Zelda manga, so I thought I'd take a take a word from uh, that. Um, so yose, which is a fairy. So um, yeah, a good good word to know, especially for fantasy type stories, right? And everyone knows Navi, the most annoying fairy in existence. <laughs> yeah. So I think literally within the first like 10 pages of this manga, I saw this word about 20 times. It was just like just prevalent. So I imagine, you know, they're, they're in like Kiwi Forest and, you know, it's all, everyone's got a fairy, right? So they keep saying Yose. Um, but you remember in the game, right? Um, there's the, I think his name is Maido. And he's like the kid that guards the, 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 uh, the path to uh, Deku Tree. Mm-hmm. And you go up to him, he's like, yeah, you're, you're a fucking loser, you know. I mean, he doesn't say that, but he's just like, he's like yo, bitch, yeah. where's your fairy or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. That guy's an asshole, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like uh, in the in the comic, because this is, I don't think it's, actually, I'll check if it's the same as in the game, but I think it's just in the manga. Uh, he says this, uh, So like, he means like, um, if you want to get past me, so when he says like, like, if you want to pass through here, uh, no yose. So like he's like, get your own fairy, basically. So uh no yose kurai, and then suretiki, and then he kind of cuts that word short, but like he's basically saying like bring your own fairy. So yeah, this is one of those sentences that sometimes like um, you know, it's easy to translate into English from Japanese, but it sounds unnatural when you do it. So like mm-hmm. if I said to you, like, and I was trying to be a badass, if you want to get through here, you have to bring your own fairy. That sounds a bit like weak, right? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yeah. a bit to me at least it sounds a bit like non-threatening so maybe, I, maybe, maybe that like good eye there mm. is like at, kind of like at least like at least bring your own if you want to get past me like at least at yeah least exactly your right. own yeah yeah whatever. so like that yeah exactly because the way you just translated it that's how i was imagining it's like get your own fairy right at least get your own fairy and yeah. we'd say the word get not like bring right Sounds a bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the connotation's a little bit different. So yeah, yeah. It's always difficult when you translate, but I think that's why it's good to try and get in the mindset of just like understanding the way that the word is used in Japanese, not not the not the translation in English, and then focusing too much on the English usage. So, yeah, um, like I think that's the hardest part about learning Japanese is like mm. having to learn how to re recontextualize every word and every grammar mm. and like stuff that's polite in english might be rude in japanese like if you literally mm. translate it and you mm. know the op- opposite so like you know it's, it's just it's like you have to relearn even the small like minute details uh, in mm. sentences and things but uh but like you'll say is pretty straightforward you know just fairy yeah so um, it's just a straight up noun it's very easy and it just appears in a lot of games um you know it's uh nino kuni you know that's probably the last time i heard it used quite a lot but yeah, you know, know, fairies are using a lot of games, and but I think also like you'll see, it can mean a lot of here. It's just like fairy, sprite, elf. So um, it's used in Secret of Mana as well. Uh, one of the characters, the original uh, Seiken Zetsu Two, one of the characters that joins your team is a little fairy 
I think in English they refer to her as a sprite. Mm-hmm. In Japanese they call her Yosei. Yosei Ko, I think, like child, like girl, girl fairy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, super common and uh, yeah, definitely want to know if you're into fancy, uh, fantasy games. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, yeah. Nice, uh, nice words for the week. Uh, so I guess that brings us to the end of our episode. That's uh, it, yeah. That, that wraps us up for this week. So yeah, lots of exciting new stuff. Uh, always love talking about Zelda and Metroid, especially. So uh, that gets me pumped. Yeah, we probably um, could have just run the whole episode <laughs> off of Metroid and Zelda, right? <laughs> I, got, I got so much more to say, man. Yeah, it looks so good. Um, but yeah, that wraps us up for this week's episode, guys. So uh, thanks for watching and listening, whichever platform you're on. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at uh, Kantan underscore Japan. And uh, yeah, any final words, Ryan? Uh, yeah, uh, peace out. Be good. Keep gaming. <laughs> Get, get your own fairy <laughs> do I need to pick one you know? and we'll be back next week guys with the very next episode of the Japan Games Cup.